You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who are my picks to be the breakout young guys in the NBA this season? I will tell you coming up on this episode of the Locked On NBA Draft. You are locked on the NBA Draft. As always, I am your host. It is Sam Ferris. I've got a fun slate of topics to hit on today, including in the first segment, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through I'm not going to go through all the teams over-unders. There's a lot of other podcasters that do that. But what I'm going to do is give you guys some of my favorite kind of best bets looking at the board. Uh, Going to give you some over-unders, my rookie of the year pick, and also a most improved pick as well. And then in the final two segments, what I'm going to do is highlight two young players that I believe are going to have breakout seasons this year in the NBA. So just two guys that I'm kind of uh, attaching my name to and my reputation to and just two guys that I think you should keep your eye on that might contend for the Most Improved Player Award. Um, But first, obviously, this episode I'll be doing by myself. If you are getting sick of listening to me talk just by myself, though, I do have a lot of fun guests lined up for all the coming shows. but it's just been a bit of a transition with Cody taking a break, my co-host from the show. Uh, recently, I had a child as well, and I'm working full time. So got a lot going on, but I'm getting back into the swing of things, and I've got a lot of fun guests lined up. And this episode is going to be kind of the last one that I do by myself, but I think it's kind of a fun topic to hit on by myself as well. So thank you for joining me today. And without further ado, let's get into some of my best bets. Looking at kind of this bet board here for the coming NBA season. And I think I'm going to start with, uh, I'm going to start with the rookie of the year pick since this is an NBA draft show. Listen, I personally think that Jalen Green will win rookie of the year, but Jalen Suggs probably would be my second pick and his odds right now are at plus 650 and I I just think that's pretty good odds I think that's pretty good value there and so that's probably my favorite value bet there though I wouldn't blame you just going with Jalen Green I think he is still behind Cade Cunningham uh, in terms of the betting odds there so I, I wouldn't blame you going there I like Suggs at plus 650 though and somebody's going to have to score for the Magic this season. You could argue that there's kind of a glut of guards with Hampton and with Cole Anthony, with Markel Fultz coming back. But I just think that Jalen Suggs is clearly better than those guys. I think that they want Suggs to both be the face of the franchise, but also the guy that is their core piece that they're building around on the court as well. I think he's going to average in the ballpark of like 14 points, five, four or five rebounds, four or five assists. And that's going to put him close to kind of rookie of the year numbers, depending on what, again, Jalen Green, Cade, and a couple other guys are doing. Uh, but I just think he's going to get the opportunity and he's going to put up stats. And if for some reason the Magic do end up outperforming expectations just a little bit, I think Suggs is going to get the buzz for that. So I'd put him second personally if 
you know, just without looking at the odds, I think green would be my favorite, but I like Suggs second there. Yeah, I'm higher on Suggs than most other people. Uh, and I have been for a while, but I like the value there. Um, so Suggs, rookie of the year, plus 650, like that one. Let's get in now to, I've got four over under picks and I'm, these are all teams that I'm going over on. Let's be positive here. Let's be optimistic. These are the teams that I think I believe are kind of some of my best bets, my easiest picks looking at the board that I think will exceed their win total. I'll start out West. I picked two West teams and two East teams. I'll start with the Utah Jazz. Uh, they, they're slated, their over-under is at 52 and a half this year. And if you just go off of last year, I, I don't know if people realize just how good the Jazz were last year. Like, if you look at their net rating, they were one of the best teams, frankly, ever. They were on an expected win pace based on their net rating to win 66 games last year, which obviously is really, really good. Uh, and again, their over-under is 52 and a half. Now, do I expect them to win 66 games this year or be on that pace? Probably not, but I don't see how they're 15 games worse than that this season. Uh, they're returning pretty much all their pieces. Uh, there's been some other additions kind of around the fringes like Whiteside, but those don't really matter to me too much. They've got Rudy Gobert in the middle, who when you have him in the regular season, you're basically guaranteed to have like a, a top seven, eight defense, I think. And then they've just got such depth, good shooting, and then a guy that's going to be an all-star next year in Donovan Mitchell. But you just need that depth more so now than ever in the modern NBA. And they've got guys, they've got depth everywhere. They've got, you know, if Mitchell has to miss a few games, they've got Conley to run the offense. Bogdanovich is very good too. And Joe Ingles still very capable. And then Clarkson, of course, can come off the bench and, and score as well. So I just don't see how they're 15 games worse essentially than they were last year and look there have been people that have talked about this but they the utah jazz kind of under the radar do have a lot of pressure on them this year they have kind of flamed out they've kind of disappointed in the playoffs so i just don't see them as a team that's just kind of gonna waltz and just kind of stroll through the regular season i don't think they've earned that yet i think they're out there fighting for as good of a seat as they can get and so I, I just expect them to clear that 52 wins pretty easily um my other team in the west is the san antonio spurs and some people might be surprised by this i would take the over on them as well they're only projected you know looking at the lines here from vegas projected to win 28 and a half games and so the way that I look at this actually is last year, the Spurs had the 13th best defense in the NBA, which is, you know, it's above average, right? But they're, they lost DeMar DeRozan. And of course, LaMarcus Aldridge played only part of the year last year. Those two guys were probably their worst defensive players. And DeMar DeRozan, yeah, they're going to miss him offensively, but he was... He was one of the worst rotation players in the NBA on the defensive side of the ball last year. They were just, they were significantly worse with him on the court defensively. So the way that, again, that I look at this is just the lineups. 
that they can put out next year. I I believe that they could have, you know, a top like 10 defense, if not top eight. So just going through kind of the rotation real quick, their backcourt will be DeJounte Murray and Derek White. That's the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. Then they've got Kildon Johnson. They've got Thad Young. Jakob Pertl, who is a guy that's just an underrated rim protector. He's one of the seven, eight best rim protectors in the NBA, in my opinion. And then off the bench, they've got guys like Vassell. They've got Aminu, too, that if he plays, he's still going to be good defensively. And so, of course, just with Greg Popovich, he's also been a good defensive coach over the years. I just don't see them losing. I don't see them winning under 30 games. And so, again, if I'm saying I think they have a top 10, maybe top 8 defense, I'll go somewhat conservative. Let's say they're the 8th best defense next year. And then let's go conservative with the offense and say they're like 25th or 26th. Uh, If you look at that based on the net radians, like if we look last year at the 8th best defense and the 25th best offense, that would basically put you right at the equivalent of kind of what the Washington Wizards were last year. Again, going by the net rating, if you look at the eighth best D and the 25th best offense, that that gives you an expected win total of about 37 games, which is nine above, again, where the Spurs are slated at. Another way of saying that is if the Spurs do have a top eight, top 10 defense there's just no way they're not going to win more than 29 games next year. And so another thing too, I'd add there is they've got so many young guys. None of them have really broken out and become stars. I mean, Keldon Johnson, you could argue is kind of on that trajectory, maybe having played for team USA, but like all they need is one or two guys to just take a step forward next year. And I think they've got a lot of candidates that, that can do that. Uh, So let's, now move to the east we'll start at the bottom i've got the washington wizards over too uh so the wizards are another team that i'm higher on than the consensus going into next year and a lot of people might be thinking like that seems kind of weird they did lose russell westbrook yeah i'm lower than pretty much anybody on russell westbrook at this point but if you just look at what they actually got back in that trade they all of a sudden are like 10, like seven, eight deep with legitimately good rotation NBA players. Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be the point guard. I've always been a bit higher on him than the consensus. KCP at the two, another guy that I think is underrated. He was very good for those Lakers teams. Brad Beal, obviously, is kind of their all NBA guy. They've got good bigs in Harrell. I'm a big Gafford guy. I hope he starts and gets minutes this year. But then you go down the line. Kyle Kuzma is a guy that I always thought was overrated, but the pendulum has swung so far the other way where everyone just thinks he's overrated. He's still a good NBA rotation player. Uh, Thomas Bryant, they've got Bertans. Maybe one of Hachimura or Avdia takes a step forward. And then Howell Neto is an underrated solid backup guard as well. So they go 9-10 deep with legit NBA rotation players. And the Washington Wizards are only projected to win 34 and a half games next year. I have them slated in closer to like 38-39 wins. And if things break right, I actually, kind of one of my hotter takes, I think they could make the playoffs next year. 
But at minimum, I do see them making that play in tournament. I just think they're deep with good, like solid NBA players. And if Beal has another all NBA season and kind of buys in a bit more defensively, I think they're a team that will certainly exceed that win total at 34 and a half. Okay, the final team that I'll give here is the Atlanta Hawks. They, of course, just made the Eastern Conference Finals last year in the playoffs, but their over-under win total is now only 46 and a half wins. That's just not too many. They were on a pace slightly greater than that last year. And if you look up and down their roster and their stat sheet from last year, they missed as many games as about anybody due to injury. A guy like DeAndre Hunter, who I really liked and was starting to have a breakout season, ended up missing most of the year. Cam Reddish, Gallinari was mostly out. And so they should be healthier. They have a bunch of good young players that could potentially be candidates to to kind of have a breakout season. So they just don't have anybody who's kind of over the age curve that's getting worse. Like they all should be getting better. So there should be internal improvement there. And more than anything, I actually, I have Trey Young as kind of one of my stealth MVP candidates this year, because I do believe that somebody is going to take a leap and kind of uh, sneak up on us and kind of jump into that MVP conversation next year. I think Trey Young could be that guy. And so I, 46 and a half wins just isn't that much. That's going 47 and 35. I think they gained a lot of confidence by making it as far as they did in the playoffs last year. I just think they're going to be better than that. So kind of to recap here, I've got the Jazz over 52 and a half wins, the Wizards over 34 and a half, the Spurs over 28 and a half, and the Hawks over 46 and a half. I will definitely revisit these at the end of the season, especially if I do well. But I'm excited to see how those do. I think all those teams are going over. And now as kind of a bridge into the second segment, my best bet right now is to bet Jordan Poole for most improved player. You can still get him at plus 3,000. Like those odds to me are ridiculous. And I'm going to talk about in the next segment coming up why I believe Jordan Poole is one of the players to watch as a young breakout guy in the NBA next year. Uh, but first, let's get a word from our sponsor. It is Sweat Block. You guys know, I, I've talked about this before, there are times in life that just aren't that fun to talk about. And one of them can be excessive sweating when you really don't want it, whether you're, you're at work, whether you're up there giving a speech in front of people, whatever it might be, and people kind of see that you're pitting through. That's just a bit embarrassing. You know, we've all either gone through that or seen others go through it, and it is kind of embarrassing. And, and that is the reason why I now use Sweatblock Antiperspirant They've sent me a bunch of the supplies and I think it's worked really well. My wife has said the same. They're stronger and more effective than most antiperspirants. All you have to do is apply it two or three times a week and it's gonna keep you dry. That is a promise. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, go check out Sweatblock. 
You can get it for 20% off today at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. This episode first is brought to you by Rock Auto. With, with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's kind of impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you might need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like, you know, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't know that much about cars. That kind of intimidates me sometimes. You all have a computer, so you do have access to rockauto.com at home or right in your pocket. You can save time and money using Rock Auto and you don't have to go to your local store. Plus, it's a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When they ask you, you know, how did you hear about us, write locked on so they know that we sent you. Again, amazing selection, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so let's get into my first breakout candidate because this is an NBA draft show, but... That doesn't mean that, you know, when these young players get drafted into the NBA that we just stop following them. Part of, you know, my favorite part about doing the draft is following these guys, seeing how their careers go, seeing how we did with our projections and our analysis. And, you know, I love guys that might take a bit to get going early in their career and then break out right when people are kind of giving up on them. You know, we've seen that a little bit with Jordan Poole. He he really, really struggled as a rookie with the Warriors, but he kind of already did have a bit of his breakout last year. Just people might have missed it. He was playing for a Warriors team that was kind of on the fringes of the playoffs, and of course, everyone was mostly paying attention to Steph Curry as he was having an MVP-level season. But look, I, I was a skeptic, and I am a Warriors fan, so I do watch every Warriors game. I've seen probably like 90% of the games Jordan Poole has played. And just by nature, I tend to be kind of pessimistic towards the guys on the team that I root for. So after his rookie season especially, I was pretty out on him. But the changes in the improvement that he made last year, he went to the G League in the bubble, played there, got his confidence going, came back, and for the last third of the season was a completely different player. So, you know, coming into the draft out of Michigan, most of them, most of us as analysts thought of him as kind of a decently sized guard who was just a good shooter. But he he has become a lot more than that. And so what I think might surprise most people about him is how much his handle has improved. So at six foot five, to be able to shoot the ball like that, but also the biggest development with him is adding that handle. He is a guy that, you know, I like to say he's got real shake off the bounce, meaning he can change directions multiple times with the ball in his hands. He can create both for himself and for others off the bounce. Uh, yeah, he he's a good passer too. And so, He's just an all-around versatile, scalable guard that is just very valuable to the Warriors because they don't really have anybody else who can like dribble and create for others in the half court other than Steph. And so they really need him next year. And that's why I'm in on him to be a breakout guy to get most improved player buzz because 
you know, if this is true with Wiggins missing time and with Clay being out probably like close to half the season and they're going to ease him back into, like he's just going to get opportunity. He's going to start. He's going to play as much as he can. The Warriors really believe in him like I do. And so he's going to be on a big stage with people watching, you know, playing next to Steph Curry and, and Draymond Green on the Warriors. But I just love how his game has improved. Uh, one of my favorite stats on him this past season, he went from shooting 48% at the rim as a rookie, ratcheted that all the way up to 67% his second year. Uh, he can create some, like I said, so he gets to the rim himself, but he's very good moving off ball, cutting back door, using Steph's gravity to get to the rim. Um, so again, just a very good fit in the Warriors system. And to me, that that percentage climb at the rim seems to be a pretty good indicator that, you know, for these young guys that the game is kind of slowing down for them. You'll see a lot of these guys, and actually the next guy that I'll hit on in the final segment went through the same thing too. But I just think that's a good indicator that the game is slowing down for these young guys. And so I love his shot creation. Actually, if you look at his game, the part that still has to come the furthest or that's kind of still the biggest swing skill for him is just how consistent he can be on catch-and-shoot shots. He's He was kind of at 33 34% from three last year, but I believe that's going to get up. If that gets up to 37, 38% this next coming season, and he kind of consolidates or builds on the rest of his game as well, then I think the Warriors are going to be a serious team to be reckoned with. Um, and so he's going to get a lot of time, like I said, playing with Steph and Draymond. One of my favorite stats is the Warriors went 15 and five down the stretch. The final kind of quarter of the season, they were on fire, the best net rating in basketball. And so when you look at the numbers, when you look at Steph Curry and Jordan Poole on the floor together, they played 473 possessions together. And in that time posted a plus 18.2 net rating which is ridiculously good. They dominated when they were out there together. And when you add Draymond Green to that equation, so you put Steph, Jordan Poole, and Draymond Green all on the court together, they played 349 possessions together. And per cleaning the glass, they were the statistically, they were the best trio in the entire NBA last season. Plus 24.3 net rating just absolutely ran riot over teams when they're out there together. And this is kind of one of my main points on the Warriors this season is I think they need to pool, they need to play Poole and Steph together because I think the Warriors had the 23rd best offense last year. That's just, that is not acceptable when you have MVP level Steph Curry out there. And they just had nobody else that could even play with or compliment Curry much less a guy that could even dribble or take some of the pressure off of him. So I just think they need to take some of the wear and tear off Steph. And it's just going to make the offense run so much more smoothly to have another guy that can create and take the pressure off Steph. And if other teams do continue doubling him 30 feet from the rim, Jordan Poole is a guy that can make plays and create shots and make guys pay. And 
you look at the numbers there and that has certainly borne itself out. So yeah, I, I'm all in on pool. I'm putting my reputation on the line for him this year. I think he's going to take another step forward. The Warriors have come out and said that he's consistently for two years now been the hardest worker on the team. And I think that's borne itself out. We've seen the improvement there. I don't expect him to take as big of a leap as he did from rookie to sophomore year this year. But again, if he can just consolidate and do what he did the last 20 games and just be a bit more consistent and shoot it a little better from three, then that bet for most improved player is going to look mighty fine next season. And so Jordan Poole is that first guy for me. And then the next guy that I'm going to hit on in the next segment is another guard. You know, I was very high on him coming into the draft and he's another guy that had kind of a down rookie season and then really bounced back his second year. And I'm expecting another step forward from him. That is Darius Garland. And so I'm going to get into why I'm so high on Darius Garland coming up after this break. But first, let's get a message. We got to hear from Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bar there is. So many good flavors. Salted caramel, strawberry, cookies and cream are the ones I've had lately, and I really love those. On top of tasting so good, they're also very healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and net carbs. So if you're looking for great taste, flavors, and for a healthy protein bar, this is what you're looking for. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And finally, we are back and better than ever because all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up to date or to see to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use promo code NFL100. That is Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, last but not least is Darius Garland. Look, I was very high on Darius Garland coming into the draft. I actually had him second on my board behind Zion. I had him one spot above Ja Morant. That did not look great after their first season. And look, I would, yeah, I would still take Ja Morant over Darius Garland, but I don't think it looks as crazy uh, as people expected it to. He had a very nice sophomore season and I expect another leap. So kind of starting with the stats on him, we'll start with, you know, analytically, he improved vastly in the two spots where it matters most, and that is shooting from three, but also at the rim. He went from basically the worst rim finisher for a guard in the NBA, only made 42% of his shots at the rim as a rookie, bumped that all the way up to basically just slightly above average for a guard at 57%. That is a massive, massive leap. And like I talked about with Jordan Poole, Seems to me to be a good indicator that the game's slowing down, and I expect that to improve again for Darius Garland. Um, 
but the jumper to me has always been the thing that's been most exciting and enticing with him. A guy that I believe could be one of the elite shooters in the NBA, both off the catch and off the bounce. He's got a very quick trigger and can shoot it from deep. And he's got great touch, which he displays both from the perimeter, but also he takes a ton of floaters and makes them at a good percentage and also loves a lot of different kind of high glass arcing finishes around the rim that are pretty fun to watch. So on top of a productive up and coming young player, to me, one of my favorite guys to watch in the NBA. Um, But I've kind of done a bit of a statistical deep dive. And so I've dug in especially into the shooting numbers and there's some interesting things here in my opinion so darius garland last year if you look at the splits he shot 43 percent on catch and shoot shots that's really good and he shot 36 percent on pull-ups which i think can continue to improve but that's a solid starting spot okay but then we get into the breakdown of you know where the shots are coming from or the volume right so You think of him as a point guard, you know, a jitterbug with the ball in his hands that can create his own shot. Yet only 16% of his shots came from self-created threes. You know, threes where he took shots off the bounce. Again, just 16%. And to put that in perspective, that's a really low number because you look at other point guards, you know, the top of the list, Damian Lillard, 40% of his shots are pull-up threes. For Steph Curry, 33%. For Kemba Walker, also 33%. So like Darius Garland is still a ways away there. He's only taking again, 16% of his shots are pull up threes. And so that to me is a spot where Darius Garland can take his game to the next level, especially is that lead guard that's creating for himself off the bounce because he does do a good job right now of utilizing and you know leveraging, especially the threat of his jumper to get where he wants on the floor, but he's he's certainly not in the realm of a guy like Steph or Kemba or Dame Lillard. Uh, and the way that he can get better at that is just taking more threes off the bounce and from deep. Uh, you know, even if those shots aren't going in as much as a Steph Curry or Dame Lillard, just the way that that opens up the rest of your offensive game is going to be vital for him. And I just really do think that he's going to make those shots. So I think he can stand, like if I were to advise him, I'd say to try to next season, get it so that his shot mix is in the 20 to 25% range, 20 to 25% of his shots should be the goal to be pull up threes next year. Because, you know, right now he's taking more catch and shoot threes than pull up threes which isn't all bad because I do like the scalability. I like the versatility. He can play on and off the ball. You know, he can play next to a guy like a Colin Sexton and make it work because of that. You know, that reminds you a bit of a guy like Steph Curry and not a lot of point guards are willing to do that, to move and play off of the ball. So I do like that, but I just think that he can take his game to the next level as an on-ball creator. And I think he has the tools to do that. He can shoot it off the bounce and create space. And, you know, we like to talk about gravity as being guys off the ball, you know, being able to shoot it well. So, you know, defenders have to stay out on those guys and that creates space for the rest of the offense. Well, you also create gravity for yourself 
by being able to shoot the ball well from deep because just like a very good off ball, you know, shooter pulls the defender close to him, right? That's what gravity is. If you're a very good deep pull-up shooter, well, you're pulling those defenders out to you. And then because they're so in close to you, you're able to just go by them off the bounce and get into the lane. You know, that's how guys like Steph and Dame Lillard do it. They're good athletes. They're not LeBron James, but because of that, they're able to be great rim finishers and get to wherever they want on the floor. And so he can just create more offense for him, become more efficient, become more dominant by taking more of those shots. So he's got all the tools. He's got the handle. Like to me, outside of Steph, outside of Kyrie, he's in the next group behind that. And I expect everything to take another jump next year. And also, I thought this was really interesting, but Steph Curry was actually asked which of the young players he's reached out to in the NBA that he believes can be kind of one of those next star guys. And he went out of his way and mentioned Darius Garland. He called Garland out by name and said that he'd reached out to him and believes he can be that next star guard. So that was exciting for me to see. And also, I know it's media time. I know we probably overreacted to these quotes, but the buzz has been that they are kind of giving Garland the keys to the offense, that they're building around him maybe more so than Sexton. That's something that I've kind of called for them to do. Not that the Cavs are listening to me, but you know, if I were in charge, Darius Garland would certainly be the guy that I'd like to build around. I love his offensive game, and I think he's got even more space to grow into. There's just nothing really holding him back. Again, he's got the handle, he's got the quickness, he's already improved at the rim a bunch, and he can really shoot it. Those are all things that you need, and I think he's just going to be a great pick-and-roll point guard in the NBA. Um, so those are the two guys like pool is a guy that I probably am betting at on those odds to win most improved, but I also do believe Darius Garland. Like if you were to ask me, does he make an all-star appearance in his NBA career? I would say yes. Like, I believe there's another jump coming for him. I believe like, I'm not going to sit here and predict he's going to be a seven time all-star, but I do think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a very good point guard in the NBA for a long time. And just based on that massive jump from rookie to sophomore year, we, we've seen some of that already from both of these guys. So these are two guys that I'm attaching my name to that I'm excited to see. I've had fun because I this offseason, I've had time to go through the tape on both of these guys, and I've posted about them on Twitter, why I believe in them, and some of these deep dives into the stats. So I'll be very excited to keep an eye on them this coming season. We've got media day is kind of been happening these last few days. And next week, we've already got the preseason starting. So I'll be excited to watch that like I'm sure most of you guys are as well. So uh, thank you listeners for tuning in. We've got some fun guests coming up in the next few weeks since I'm sure you're kind of bored of hearing me just ramble on and on here. But Hopefully this has been a fun topic. I've certainly enjoyed doing the research. Uh, again, Darius Garland, Jordan Poole, two guys really to keep an eye on this coming season. Um, you can follow me at Draft Dummies on Twitter. I'm constantly posting stats like this, clips, my thoughts, uh, my theory, and especially going to be even more college basketball and draft-related stuff as we get into the season. 
But uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Betting on the NBA or NFL does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.